Happy New Year. I hope 2022 is off to as great a start for you as it is for us. We have a very special treat for you this month. After years of planning and meticulous attention to detail, we're ever so close to opening your new animal center. Director Andrea Johnson joins us for this episode to give you a sneak peek into the state-of-the-art building everyone has been waiting to see. Hello, Williamson County, and welcome to Inside the Animal Center. Well, here we are, Andrea. Here we are. This has been a long time coming, I know. It has. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to uh, give a little bit of an introductory tour. Oh, you're welcome. I'm excited to not only welcome the cameras in, but welcome the public in. Yes, ma'am. I know that the day is coming. Can't come soon enough. Absolutely. <laughs> I know there have been uh, a lot of long meetings and sleepless nights going into the design and the fitting of the, of the center. And uh, I was wondering if maybe you could talk a little bit about the ideas, and the concepts that were thought about to make it what it is. Sure, absolutely. So we started with a task force in 2016. Uh, the task force was sort of a, a community group of stakeholders. Um, and we came up with a list. I actually served on the task force before I came to work for the county. So we came up with a list of, you know, sort of desired uh, assets that we would have in the building and then when the task force completed its work we uh, came we created a document and handed that over to the architects and the owners rep that were going to be building the building and then the real work began so uh, we had a subject matter expert architect who they brought in from Texas they've built hundreds of shelters around the country um, they came in and they the first thing they did was they performed a needs assessment and that needs assessment was not only looked at our current building and saw sort of what the deficiencies were but they also looked at the community the growth that's projected in the community they took into consideration sort of the census that we see as compared to the human population. I know one stat that we had discussed, Scott, was that on average, shelters see about a 3% mm -hmm. internal population. So that means 3% of the, uh, the human population is what you can count on being in the shelter. So um, they, they took that into account. Obviously our county is in a tremendous growth season. So it was quite a task to try to put together a building that would be able to serve this community for 20 years, knowing that 20 years from now, our population will be twice what it is right now. So uh, it, was a, it was a pretty complicated effort, I but um, through lots of formulas that the architects use and lots of data that they gathered on the community and our programming that we were hoping to offer to the community. They were able to come up with a shelter that will house roughly 20% more animals than our current building. And a lot of people have asked me if the population is gonna double 
How are you going to only have 20% more kennel capacity? And the way we will do that is through programs that serve the community. So this building is designed to offer community spay neuter, education programs to help people learn how to keep their animals. We have a safety net program in place where if someone is looking at having to surrender their pet due to illness or temporary housing issues, we have solutions that we can you know, offer help with those right. kinds of things. And then of course we have a foster program and uh, lots of other programs that community cat program that we offer to the community to try to defer pets away from the shelter whenever possible. Right. Well, I know that uh, you have gone to great lengths to leave no stone unturned to uh, provide the community with the uh, best possible experience in the center and also for the care of the animals. Right. So you touched on a few of them a little bit, but what are some of the things that uh, we'll be able to do here in the new center that we're not able to do currently? Well, the, the biggest thing obviously is gather because uh, <laughs> at the current building, you know, people have heard me say it if they've talked to me at all, but we have offices literally in what used to be a shower stall. We have people sitting in, I actually have six workstations in what was a former closet. So it, as you know, Scott, when we have staff yes. meetings, we gather around the front desk. We don't have a place where we can even hold our staff of 31 people in one room very comfortably. Uh, we will have a new education center. I know we're going to go tour that in a minute that will hold up to 100 people. So we will not only be able to engage our staff in a different way, but the community will be able to interact with us on a different level. Um, I envision us hosting all kinds of things in that community center, but just the feel when people walk into this building immediately, it's going to be a different feeling. Every single space is designed to be able to be sanitized and cleaned and stay looking clean. You know, lots of natural light in this building, which we don't have in the in the current building. I mean, down to basic things like our all the walls in our current building are just painted cinder block. And obviously you can see here, we have a little bit nicer finishes. And that wasn't, that was on purpose because we want it to be a place that's welcoming to the community. We want it to be a happy place to visit. We don't want the community to feel sad about the animals or the programs or being here. We want them to feel like that it's a place that they want to come and that they can partner with us for their pet issues. Right, right. Well, I know we're excited to get in and all the staff is excited about the move and we're excited to get the public involved in all the Absolutely. ways that you just described. So what do you say we go take a look at a few of the areas? Absolutely, let's do it. All right. So now we're here in a very special room, the community education room. I know, um, and from my experience, um, a lot of times when people think about the animal center, animal shelters in general, they think about the adoption, of course, and animal control comes to mind. Mm -hmm. But a lot of, I don't think a lot of people really recognize that education is a big part of what we do as well, uh, engaging the community in educational opportunities. Um, so this room, 
is, is here for that purpose. Uh, and I know that it, ha it is named after a very special supporter. Yes. Uh, you want to talk a little bit yeah. about? Absolutely. So Emily McGid is um, a well-known member of our community and also well-known for her animal advocacy and her love of not only her pets, but all the pets and even the raccoons that she's kind of famous for feeding the raccoons. But um, Emily gave a significant donation to the county in order to have this capacity of this room that it that it is and uh, I've often heard our our county mayor Rogers Anderson talk about how this building is a great example of how county government can partner with the community directly and with private entities um, to accomplish a lot of goals that maybe wouldn't be in the norm for a county to undertake but the county working alongside private donors has been able to create a lot of enhanced spaces in this building um, and this room in particular i'm extremely excited about and proud of as we talked about earlier uh, this this is really one thing that we've never been able to do in our current building, and that is gather and host the community in any sort of significant number. Uh, so this building will allow us to be able to do that. Um, the county has graciously hired a community uh, education coordinator, and she's been diligently working on Lots of programs for this room, including summer camp. We're going to partner with Parks and Rec and have um, an animal-related summer camp for the kids this summer. Uh, there's some other things that she has planned for this room. And I kind of envision this room being able to be a space that the community can come in and engage in ways that maybe they haven't even thought of in the past. You know, one of the things you know that we get a lot is kids will come in and say, for my birthday, I asked people to bring um, donations to my birthday party for the animals. Well, in this building, they'll be able to host their birthday party here in this room. So we're really excited to invite the community in, as you said, to come in and experience things that aren't necessarily ways that they've thought about interacting with us in the past. Right, right. And you know more, better than I do that um, the length of stay of animals getting adopted is also very dependent on the number of visitors that come to right. potential adopters yes. that come. So uh, we are <laughs> going to get to expand on the, the educational opportunities that are part of our mission and directives, but it's also going to have that benefit as well, I, I believe. Yes, absolutely. You know, I envision um, us being able to bring in speakers and things to, to talk about topics that are of interest to the community related to their animals, but who could come and visit the center without walking through just to see right. who our four-legged residents are? So I hope too, that when people come and utilize this room, it's going to increase the foot traffic that sees the animals. And you're right, there, there are formulas for everything in sheltering. And one of those formulas is how many bodies have to go through a building 
in order for certain animals to be adopted. So we know how many hundreds of people we have to get in to be able to get a senior dog adopted, for example. So uh, the more people that come through the building, the better it is for the pets. Absolutely. And I'm sure it was probably not by accident that the kittens are just down the hall. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Nothing was by accident in this building. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, let's go look at the cats in the kittens' rooms. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> All right. So speaking of kittens, here we are in the kitten adoption room. This uh, is going to be a, an amazing experience for the kittens and the community alike. Um, I know there's a lot of hidden secrets in here, hidden gems in this room that one might not see um, just upon walking in to look at the cute, cuddly, furry kittens. <laughs> so um, a, a lot goes into the programming that we do um, that is kind of, uh, that people can be involved in. So what are some of the things that uh, we'll be able to offer the cats and the community in regards to cats here. It is exciting, Scott, because things, this building is actually very high tech. Uh, the architects explained it to me that it's more like designing a hospital than a government building. So there are a lot of aspects of sheltering, as people might imagine, that are centered around disease control because as an open intake shelter, which means we take any animal that's brought to us by a Williamson County resident. So those animals might be sick, they might have communicable diseases and issues like uh, cats often come in with upper respiratory infections, which is basically like a bad head cold. Um, we get kittens with ringworm. We have a, a community or a atmosphere here in, our, in the South that's very hospitable to ringworm, which is, you know, hot, damp environment. Um, so controlling the spread of those things is very important when you're talking about uh, a herd mentality and sheltering. So we want to keep the healthy animals healthy and we do that by providing, one way we do that is by providing ventilation that is healthy. It's 100% outside air, so nothing is recirculated in this building. The air is pumped in from the outside and it's exhausted out, so it doesn't recirculate like it does in a typical home environment. Uh, these all of our heating and air units have ultraviolet dryers on them. So when the air passes through those ultraviolet lights, it kills a certain percentage of the germs that might be coming through. So a lot of different um, aspects went into the design of just even the ventilation system. But the whole thing really will also improve the experience that the public has. So when you open this door, for example, the, the building is designed so that the suction of the door sends air out and not rushing back at you. So, you know, the smells associated with animals often are things that kind of turn people away from the shelter. So we won't, uh, we'll have methods to abate that here. Uh, I don't know if you can see the, the glass fronts of the kennels. 
our design just to have a less institutionalized look. Our current shelter, all of the cat cages have bars on them. So it's sort of like visiting the kitties in jail. Um, but here, you know, you're going to be able to have just a clear view of every animal and a whole different experience. And I know one of the uh, one of the more popular questions that I receive uh, in terms of how people can engage with cats and kittens is about the book buddies. Yes, the, yes. The book buddies volunteering opportunity, and which, of course, as you know, is uh, a volunteer program that we do that allows children to come in and to read to cats. Right. Um, so that would be done when we get that restarted. When once we get moved in, that will be done in a room that one of the many rooms that we have that are called catios. Yes. I believe there are nine total catios. Yes. yes. So explain what is a catio and, and what is the, uh, the purpose and benefits of having a catio? The catios are so exciting and fun because a catio basically is an enclosed patio where a cat can enjoy time outside have the fresh air, have the enrichment and sort of the brain activity that's involved in cats watching birds and lizards and all the stuff they can see when they go outside. But they have access to the inside at all times. So these rooms are equipped with a cat door so the cats can come and go indoor, outdoor as they please, but in a safe way because as you'll see, the screens that are placed on the outside of the catios are all stainless steel mesh. So the cats can't get out, predators can't get in, but they can watch all the activity that's going on around the shelter. Yeah. Including the dogs walking, <laughs> yes. being walked well, by volunteers. And... We, we actually have, uh, it's not up yet, but we have a privacy fence going up that will block. Now, I'm not gonna oh. say they won't hear a dog bark, but they will hopefully not see a dog very often um, because obviously that can be stressful. One of the things that was designed into this building that will be a huge improvement is that the dogs are actually in a separate building connected only by a hallway. So the sound for the cats will be much better because they won't have to listen to dogs barking all day. Yeah. Well, I learned something on this tour as well. So, and you <laughs> certainly don't want to stress the cats out. No, you do not want to stress the cat. <laughs> right. Well, we had definitely learned a lot about the cats and all the ways that uh, the community will engage and the benefits for them here. So uh, why don't we go ahead and head down to the dogs? Let's do it. <laughs> here we are in the dog adoption area. And much like the cat and kitten adoption areas, there's much more than here than meets the eye. Yep. There's lots of hidden secrets here as well, Scott. So um, one thing that we have in this building that we haven't ever had before is we have four jumbo kennels. And we get Great Pyrenees quite a bit. We get shepherds. We get some of the larger breed animals coming in as strays and housing them in our standard size kennels sometimes uh, they can look kind of giant in that miniature area so we're excited to be able to offer them these jumbo spaces that's a little bit larger for them 
um, just like in our catio areas, every single dog that comes into this building will have access to inside and outside spaces. So our kennels uh, on, the, on the back side have garage door openings and we'll open those garage doors. It'll be open air on the back side. They'll have constant access to the inside, which of course will be heated and air conditioned. So they can come over here and, and be warm or be cool, depending on the temperature outside, but they can go experience fresh air and outdoor temps, which is really, the design is designed to reduce stress for the dogs and have, everything is about having a less institutional environment. The ceiling tiles in this room are, uh, they are 55% sound reduction, they're antimicrobial, and they are also waterproof. So if they get sprayed, you know, when we're cleaning or they get damp, they won't disintegrate like a regular acoustical tile would. Pretty much every square inch of this building was designed for functionality and for the health of the animals or the people that are visiting. Uh, as you know, the tile is one of, <laughs> one of this is my baby. Um, this is a really special tile. It's called Glazed CMU. Uh, if you've ever seen the Sarah McLaughlin videos or been to our shelter, you know we have just regular cinder block that's covered in epoxy, but the epoxy has about a five-year lifespan and it chips and flakes and um, it doesn't hold up to the to the high stress environment of a shelter so this glaze cmu never has to be painted should never be painted it's basically bulletproof scratch proof it'll hold up to the high pressure sprayers that we clean with the heated steam that we use sometimes to clean all of the chemicals that we use to clean, and it should look just like this 20 years from now when the lifespan of this building is starting to expire. That is impressive indeed. Uh, I wonder if you would talk a little bit about what somebody's experience might be like if they come to the center and they fall in love with a dog or puppy here. What kind of opportunities are, will be available to them here to get to know that the dog to and yeah. see if it is the, the right fit? Well, there are lots and lots of ways that you might fall in love with and interact with a dog or puppy in this building. So we'll start with puppies. In our current building, We don't. it's not set up well for puppies. Puppies are the most vulnerable citizens of our environment. Um, they are very susceptible to disease even more so than kittens um, when they haven't had their full set of vaccines. So Parvo is obviously the number one thing we worry about in shelters with puppies. Here, you'll see that the puppy rooms are self-contained. So they're literally like little miniature rooms behind glass doors and then the puppy kennels are inside that. So they are not gonna be exposed to any of the elements of the dog community. Um, another way that the public can interact with dogs, if they find a dog that they think they might want to take home, we have four get acquainted yards in this building. We, we only had one in the old building. So there are four separate yards where they can take the dog and spend some time outside. Uh, one program, probably my, my baby at the shelter, is our DPFL program, which is dog play groups. It stands for Dogs Playing for Life. Um, 
We have playgroups every single day of the week, so all the weekdays, Monday through Friday at 12 o'clock. Um, every dog every day is our goal, so every dog in our building would find at least one friend that they could spend time with in the play yard every weekday. And so that's, we find quite often that dogs get adopted directly from playgroup because when you come to watch playgroup, you can see exactly what that dog's play style is. You can see how it interacts with other dogs. So if you have another dog at home, you can feel pretty good about this is going to be a match for my my current dog. So those are some of the ways that that the public can interact with the dogs here. And I might also add a lot of people have asked me because we do have a public dog park at our old building. Mm -hmm. There will be a public dog park here as well. So if you are coming on this side of town and want to bring your dog, you don't have to be coming for adoption. You can come and bring your dog and spend time in our new dog park here as well. That is very cool. Well, I feel like that we could go on and on and on and talk for days about everything in here, but there is, while I have you, there is one more area for certain that I want to get to, and I know it's an area that you're also very excited about, yes. and that's the new vet clinic. Yes. So let's, let's head on down Let's go do there. that, yes. <laughs> so now we're here in the vet clinic. Another area where that is going to present a lot of new opportunities uh, for our own programming and ways to engage the public. And um, another area that I don't know that many people necessarily think about as, as being part of our directives or mission is pet population control. Mm -hmm. And I know that we're going to be able to do a lot more in that area in here. Yes, I'm very excited about opening up a true community spay-neuter clinic. We will have the option to offer spay-neuter services to all in-county residents. We have lots of programs that are free. So if you have an indoor-outdoor cat, indoor cat or a totally outdoor cat, we already have had that program rolling for the last three years where we will spay and neuter that, spay or neuter that cat for free. Um, and that's known as the community cat program. We have kitten diversion. So if you find a litter of kittens and you wanna foster those kittens and then give them away to your friends, we'll spay and neuter those kittens and microchip them and then give them back to you and you can give them away. We have um, a low cost spay neuter clinic. So any resident in the community, regardless of income, can pay a reduced rate and come and have their animal spayed or neutered. The difference um, in this clinic versus the clinic that we have now is pretty astounding. We have four techs that work around one prep table. And sometimes it's not uncommon to go into the current clinic and see five kittens laid out on one table, you know, getting their tummies shaved, getting ready for a spay. So here we'll have three tables for prep. Um, we'll have three surgery tables. We usually on spay-neuter clinic days have two veterinarians that are performing surgeries. So it's just gonna be almost like a whole different world over here. Absolutely. And the services that you described, are those for Williamson County residents only? We do, ha we primarily want to serve Williamson County residents and control the population of unwanted pets in our county, but we do have an option for out-of-county residents to come and pay. Uh, it is a higher rate than what in-county residents pay, but 
we know that, you know, cats that live on the Murray County, Williamson County line, they don't know where the county line is, so they might come over and have kittens on our side of the road. So we want to spay and neuter the Murray County and Cheatham County and Davidson County cats too. Um, and by offering sort of a more retail price for out-of-county residents, it does help offset the cost of offering some of those free services that we have for our in-county residents. And I know uh, another new feature that we have here that you and the, the veterinarian staff are excited about is we're going to have our own x-ray machine. Oh my goodness, here. yes. So we, we talked a little bit earlier about some of those generous donors in our community. And this area is no different. Um, the Leahy's are well-known philanthropists in our community and they have committed funding for this this piece of the facility on an ongoing basis and it's a pretty generous donation so we were able to enhance our clinic well beyond what we anticipated through not only the Leahy's donation but several other individuals who contributed and part of that was having an x-ray machine and that's a big deal to not only the staff here but it also should be a big deal to the residents of the county because currently if we have a dog say that came in hit by a car and we need to hold that dog because it doesn't have an identified owner we have to send that dog out to a private vet clinic for x-rays so that we can appropriately care for them while they're with us. Uh, so obviously we pay for those services currently, but going forward we'll have the ability to do that in-house. So that's gonna be a huge savings for us over time and obviously savings to us helps taxpayers as well. Right. Now, this room, has been maybe the most impressive to me in in terms of like obvious difference from mm -hmm. the current facility. How much more space will the veterinarian staff have here? Well, you know, Scott, you've asked me a question I don't know the answer to. I'm not sure what the square footage of this is, but I know that our surgical capacity will be expanded. We currently do about 2,500 surgeries a year in the old building and that's pretty well maxed out. And this building is designed to be able to handle 8,000 surgeries a year. So it's gonna be a whole new world. Obviously, again, it's a 20 year building, so we won't start out doing 8,000 surgeries in this facility, but I know that we will be at 8,000 by the time the life of this building is expended. That is so impressive. And with some of the stats that um, our community education coordinator has shared with me about uh, the number of cats that can be attributed to one unspayed yeah. female, it's an unthinkable number, hundreds of thousands of yeah. cats. Yes. That... You know, anyone who's ever heard me speak uh, knows that there's a kitten season in Tennessee and our kitten season because we have such warm temperatures we usually run from about March to November. Uh, most cat female cats can have in this area up to three litters per season. Each litter on average is five kittens. 
and cats become sexually mature at four months old. So when you find that litter of kittens, you know, in your barn that you aren't anticipating, it's imperative to immediately get on the waiting list for spay neuter for those kittens because at 16 weeks, each one of those kittens could be reproducing. So it, it's a much more uh, pressing issue than the community probably even realizes. Absolutely. Well, Andrea, thank you so much for taking the time to give us a tour today. Um, before we completely wrap up things, if somebody who's watching would like to make a contribution, how can they go about doing so? Well, I encourage you to go to our website, which is Adopt wcac.org. You can find all of our adoptable pets. You can find a donate button. You can find a link to our wish list of items that we need at the shelter for ongoing operations. And hopefully you can find pretty much any answer to any question you might have about the Williamson County Animal Center. Well, thank you again so much. And thank you, Williamson County, for watching Inside the Animal Center.